When there is false teaching negating the biblical teaching of Jesus Christ and the gospel, this must be addressed. When other gospels are being perpetuated that glorify man or elevate extra-biblical revelation as truth, this must be addressed. When we get the gospel wrong, we get the wrong Christ. We are never told to abandon critical thinking and discernment. There is no way to mark and avoid, for instance, without rightly judging and using proper discernment. And this is why understanding scripture in context is crucial for every believer in Christ. There is no way to, quote, eat the meat and spit out the bones without discerning what is meat and what is bone, and truthfully discerning if what is on the bone is even meat. You just heard an excerpt from my latest blog post featured on Love Scribe. Hi there, and welcome to the Love Scribe podcast, where we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and where we grow in loving the Word and loving the one who is the Word, Jesus Christ. I am Dawn Hill, and I am the Love Sick Scribe. There is a popular phrase which I have heard over the years when questions were posed about teachings within the church or coming from public and well-known leaders, and that phrase goes something like this. Well, you have to learn how to eat the meat and spit out the bones, or you have to chew the hay and spit out the sticks. It would seem that this response to either a discrepancy in teaching or questionable teaching is a way to shut down the disagreement, and it is a call to not judge. We all have a tendency to give a pass to things, and yeah, there are secondary issues where we could agree that are not core to the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the core doctrine of Christianity. But here's a question that you may have thought of if someone says this, and this is just something to kind of ponder. How are you supposed to chew the meat and spit out the bones or chew the hay and spit out the sticks without rightly judging and discerning which is meat and which is bone or which is hay and which is sticks? You have to use some sort of critical reasoning and discernment, right? False teaching is nothing new. It was an issue in the early church. The apostles who laid the foundation of the scripture in the New Testament were led by the Holy Spirit to address the danger of false teachers in their time. And as we see, false teaching has no expiration date. It still abounds today, and even some of the old teaching deemed heretical by the church council rears its ugly head, making its way into the limelight. For example, we could see the studying in the history of Scripture and its context that the Apostle John's letter in 1 John is addressing those who are teaching that the incarnation of Christ and his resurrection were false. The apostles dealt with Gnosticism in their time, and they viewed those who continued to teach the law and the circumcision as the way of salvation as presenting another gospel. We find this mentioned in the letter to the Galatians that Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia. So what does the Bible have to say about false teachers? Why don't we just leave them be and let God work it out? I mean, I've heard people say that too. Just leave them alone. God will take care of them. Why do we have to divide the church? Well, the Bible has much to say about false teachers, and God has worked it out through His Word, which is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. That's what 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us. When we look at teaching that is contrary to Scripture, we will find that this is what divides the church. In Romans 16.17, Paul warns believers telling them, watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. So how can you avoid a false teaching unless you identify it? You can't. There can be some pushback to calling out false teaching, but we should push false teaching away from the church. 
False teaching preaches another gospel and another Christ who cannot save. It deceives people and it draws them away from God and back to men. I did not realize this until I did some studying, but did you know that 25 of the 27 books of the New Testament address false teaching at some point? So this in itself could help us in the in disagreements or disputes and people are saying, well, you shouldn't call out false teachers or we shouldn't worry about that or get concerned about that. Well, what does the Bible have to say about it? And it shows us that it must have been an important thing to address. Otherwise, the vast majority of the letters that were found in the New Testament would not have addressed it at some point or another. So let's take a look at it for a few minutes. Now, there's going to be much scripture here, and I'm just going to tell you right now, you're not going to hear me apologize for using too much scripture. We need to be in the Word of God now more than ever. And if we stay in the Word, we will not fall for deception and false teaching. So let's take a look at the New Testament in and of itself. Now, we can know just from looking at the Old Testament in Deuteronomy 13, Deuteronomy 18, even in Jeremiah 23, Jeremiah 14, that the Old Testament even addresses false teachers, false prophets, those that are not to be listened to because they are not leading people back to the true and living God. So let's see what the New Testament has to say, beginning with Matthew. Jesus found it necessary to warn about false prophets and false teachers in the Gospels. We see in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, that Jesus said to beware of false prophets who will come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. We can recognize them by their fruits, which should point to Christ, who is the true vine. Matthew 24, verse 24, and Mark 13, verse 22 tells us from Christ himself that false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders and deceive, if possible, even the elect. Those false Christs, by the way, come with a false claimed anointing. Jesus speaks of good trees and bad trees with respect to fruit and the person who produces evil from evil treasure in Luke 6. Then going on in verse 46 to ask, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Jesus Christ identifies those who do not believe in him and the truth with the father of lies, who is Satan. And this is found in John chapter 8, verse 44. Paul warns the Ephesians in Acts 20, verse 29, after his departure, that fierce wolves would come in, not sparing the flock. And he even warned them that some of them would speak twisted things and draw men away unto themselves. Now, that's a shocking statement in and of itself when you think about it. I mean, just think about that for a moment. Paul is speaking of those within the church who would do such a thing, not just those coming from outside the church, but it would be a problem from within. Paul rebukes the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 11 of their division when coming together for the Lord's Supper and the presence of factions to separate the genuine from those who are not. He warns them of the super apostles and those operating in unrighteousness in 2 Corinthians 11, rebuking them for putting up with another gospel and another Jesus and being led astray from a simple devotion to Christ. Paul says these words to the churches in Galatia. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. In the letter to the Ephesians, we see the warning to the believers. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. And in Ephesians 5 verse 11, Paul provides the instructions to take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, 
but instead expose them. That is uncomfortable, isn't it? When we have to expose the things that are operating in darkness. The church at Philippi was told to look out for the dogs, the evildoers, and those who mutilate the flesh. The church at Colossae was given these instructions. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. According to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. In First Thessalonians, we can read that everything is to be tested and to hold fast to what is good while abstaining from the appearance of evil. You see, you'll see in these passages, it may not say explicitly false teachers or false prophets, but you're going to see in some of these that there is an alluding to hold fast to what is good, hold to the truth, abstain from forms of evil, even the appearance of evil, to not go into the ways that are not the true gospel, to not go in the ways that are laid out in the word of God as the truth that leads back to Christ. In 2 Thessalonians, we read of those who will be under a strong delusion and believe what is false. Paul said these words to Timothy in the first letter to him, If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, He is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. He said that some would depart from the faith, devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons, In the second and final letter which Paul wrote before his death, Paul also told Timothy that evil people would go from bad to worse, deceived and deceiving others, and that people will not endure sound teaching, but will have itching ears and accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their passions. Titus was told of those who were subordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. They were to be silenced because of the damage that they were doing to families, and they were not to be permitted to teach things for shameful gain, which they should not teach. The author of Hebrews in chapter 13, verse 9 said, Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. James issued a warning to being a teacher stating that those who teach will be judged more strictly. Peter had some things to say about false teachers and false prophets, but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed, And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. John gave instructions to test the spirits in 1 John 4. In 2 John, he says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. He rebukes Diophatries for talking wicked nonsense against the apostles while putting people out of the church who would welcome the brothers. Jude, 
Let's talk about Jude. Jude does not mince words when he addresses false teaching for the bulk of his letter, saying, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. And Revelation records Jesus Christ himself rebuking the church at Thyatira for putting up with the woman Jezebel, who called herself a prophetess and was teaching and seducing his servants to practice sexual immorality and idolatry. False teaching was talked about more than we probably realize, both in the Old and in the New Testament. And why is that, do you think? Why does it matter? Because truth matters. When we get the gospel wrong, we get the wrong Christ, as what I just said a few minutes ago. It is vital that the teaching that's coming from the church that is of the body of Christ is founded on truth that is found in Scripture. And if it contradicts that foundation, then we have another gospel. When it is taught that there is a universal Christ and that Jesus was just a man while Christ is in us and everything that is created, this is another gospel. When it is taught that Jesus' death on the cross was insufficient for satisfying the wrath of God and that he had to be born again in hell, this is another gospel. When it is taught that we are promised health, wealth, and prosperity always and that we are to have faith in our faith, this is is another gospel. We are in a time right now when the truth is becoming ever more apparent and vital. And this is an eternal issue. When false teaching is tolerated, sheep are in peril of being led to the slaughter by wolves in sheep's clothing. I want to encourage you today to test everything in accordance with scripture. Mark and avoid those who bring division to biblical doctrine. Pray for those who are deceived and deceiving others, and ask God for wisdom, because the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth really does matter. So, going back to my original statement that I talked about in the beginning with chew the meat and spit out the bones, if you ever hear someone say that, or you even have that thought, maybe some things to think about are this. In order to make a distinction between meat and bone, there has to be right judging and proper discernment. And truthfully speaking, if a minister of God is truthfully ministering the word in the proper context and rightly dividing the word as what Paul told Timothy to do, that a man of God is supposed to do, then we should not have to use this phrase, eat the meat and spit out the bones, or eat the hay and spit out the sticks. We should be able to digest everything. And that meat should be the core foundational teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ because that is what the substance is in the scripture. It's leading back to Christ. And as I said before, I may be repeating myself, but it bears repeating. If we get the gospel wrong, then the, there is the wrong Christ that is presented. And it is vital that the gospel of Jesus Christ is presented untainted, uncontaminated, unpolluted, by false teaching, false doctrine, by deception. That's why it's so important that we stay in the Word daily, 
that we meditate on the word. And I don't mean empty our minds. I mean that we fill our hearts and our minds with the word of God daily and that we understand what it means. So that way we're not blown around to and fro by every wind of doctrine as what Ephesians warns about. We must rest in the truth of the word of God. We must have the gospel right from the beginning, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the one that atoned for our sins and satisfied the wrath of God on our behalf and brought forgiveness and reconciliation between us and the Father when we repent and we turn to him and receive him as our Lord and Savior and we put our faith in Christ alone. That is the core foundation. And any deviation from that is going to bring something that cannot save someone and is going to lead them further away from the true risen Christ. So I encourage you today with this word. I know that talking about false teaching is not fun, but it's necessary because we are truly in a time where we need to test things. There's never been a time that we weren't supposed to test things. In our culture, in our society, we can see more and more that it is so important that as the church, as the body of Christ, that we make sure that we're walking in the truth and that we're not leading others astray with us. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at lovesickscribe. And if you enjoy reading, feel free to hop on over to lovesickscribe.com and subscribe to my blog. I've enjoyed being with you today, and I look forward to our next time together as we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and we continue to grow together in loving the Word and loving the one who is the Word, Jesus Christ. Blessings to you.